May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God, our Father, through his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Connie and I are close to being ready for our major adventure. As many of you know, or others who have read or will read in the Pastor to People letter, we'll begin our drive to Houston by 1.30 tomorrow afternoon. Our first flight departs George Bush Intercontinental at 1.25 a.m. on Tuesday. By 11 a.m. on Wednesday, if all the connections go the way they should, we will land in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. After the tea ceremony and the reception this coming Saturday for Joel and for Jin Sheen, his bride, our daughter-in-law, we'll also spend some time in Singapore, then in Adelaide, Australia, and in New Zealand. My speech for the reception has been emailed to Jin Sheen's cousin, U.S. dollars have been exchanged for Malaysian ringgits. Neighbors have been notified. Brothers have been coached for lawn care. Timers for lights have been set. Packing is not quite there. And preparations at church are still ongoing, too. I'm not resting. Not yet. I'm really, really looking forward to boarding the Boeing 777, pulling out a book, and a bit later, my pillow. Then I'll rest. But our Lord's Word tells us about a different rest, a necessary rest, a more important rest. May the Holy Spirit give us expectant hearts and attentive ears and minds this day to hear the good news from Matthew 11, because there is good news about his rest and his yoke. People God dearly loves. I'm guessing that many of you know this passage of scripture, and that's good. But I'll tell you that Matthew 11:28 is a verse that I've often shared with people struggling with different burdens. Whether you know these words of Jesus well or whether you don't, I pray that today we will hear our Lord speak them more clearly and sweetly, and that you will say or sing again, I came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn, and sad. I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. This is the truth. We are restless. Not because we're so busy with the tasks of life, or so concerned about the confusion and commotion and conflict in our world, but because we are sinners. Paul's words in Romans 7, today's epistle, are a perfect and a perfectly accusing partner to Jesus' words in today's gospel reading. And Paul's words are my words, and they are your words. Verse 18 begins, I know that nothing good dwells in me. Nothing good. This is the truth of the law. Then verse 19 states, I do not do that good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. I keep on doing. I don't stop doing. More law, 
more truth. Should this be a burden? Yes, it should be, and it is. Is this our burden? Yes, and it always will be. Which is why we cry out with the words that the Apostle Paul writes in verse 24 of Romans 7. Wretched man that I am. Wretched woman that I am. Wretched teenager that I am. Wretched child, yes. Children too. And our plea is this. Who will deliver me? Come to me, Jesus invites. Come to me All you who labor and are heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus speaks to all with this invitation. He speaks to those who think they are wise, who think they understand. But the truth was and is hidden from those who think they understand the merciful and gracious ways of God And the truth is revealed to little children, to those who trust the adoptive love of the Father. Those who first heard Jesus speak, come to me, were burdened by the legalism of their Jewish leaders. They couldn't keep the written Torah and they couldn't keep the verbal Torah, that word, because of the way the rabbis piled tradition upon tradition rather than teaching the clear word of God. That word always accuses, it always kills, and we are always burdened, always weary, always heavily burdened, always staggering and stumbling under the law, always ready to collapse and fall and die because of the law. So Jesus says gently, come to me. Jesus says clearly, come to me. Jesus says powerfully, come to me and I will give you rest. When he says this, Jesus is calling us to be his disciples For when Matthew, the writer of this gospel, hears these words in person, he remembers sitting at his tax collector's table on the street in Capernaum. He remembers the shadow falling across the table and the voice, the voice of the Savior saying, Come, Matthew, leave behind all of this and follow me. That compelling word was spoken to you and to me at our baptism. At the font, Jesus says, come to me, follow me, be part of the Father's family, be part of my church, my called out ones. But today, in Matthew 11, our Lord says it this way, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. When Jesus speaks this call to discipleship, he offers an exchange. He offers to take our burden, your burden, my burden, and to give us a yoke. And we pause. We wonder, is this a good exchange 
Do I want to swap the burden of sin for the burden of, of, of what? But Jesus isn't finished. He has more to say. He has more to offer. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn this, that I am gentle and lowly in heart. And in me you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke Jesus offers is easy to wear. His burden is not a burden. It is light, for it is grace. It is forgiveness. It is salvation. It is freedom. It is peace. It is new life. All this is true because the yoke of Jesus is not like the heavy contraption of wood and leather which binds two oxen together, which forces them to walk and work together. The yoke of Jesus is easy to bear. It doesn't pinch. It doesn't chafe our necks. It doesn't include a bit which twists and turns our mouths until we give up and become docile. It is our new identity. It is the cross which marks us as those redeemed by Christ the crucified. All this is true. All this is for you. All this is for all of us to wear because Jesus carried a great burden up the slope to Golgotha. He carried the rough splintered wood, the cross beam of Roman crucifixion until our Lord fell on the rock paved street leading out of Jerusalem. Then Simon of Cyrene carried the instrument of death all the rest of the way. And on the cross, Jesus carried every sin. He carried all that weighs heavily on us, all the guilt, all the shame, all the condemnation we deserve, all the pain that should be ours, all that separates us from God. Jesus was weighed down by this until his perfect death lifted this burden from you and from me. And we who were prisoners of hope, longing for release, are set free from that slavery. I'll take you back to Romans 7. Here are our words of confession again. Wretched man or woman or teenager or child that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then, thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who says to you and who says to me, come to me and I will give you rest, perfect rest, complete rest, Sabbath rest, endless rest, and with this rest, his peace and his joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.